Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. This is the happy hour. 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez Clary with you as always. Rico, what's up, man? Hello. How's your Wednesday? It's going fantastic. How about yourself? Not too bad. I, I'm, I'm smelling Wingstop. I know I really want to eat it right now. Shout out to Mark Onweiler. Great boss because he brought us Wingstop. The little thick, the thicker sticker says thigh stop. No, it does not. It does. The sticker on, you see the one that covers the bag? Oh, it does. Well, I know that they have like a new thing oh, where they look sell. At that. It was crafted for Nick. Look at that. Well, mine's in there too. So. Oh, oh, is there two separate bags? <laughs> but the, so they sell like thigh, like, like thigh there it is. little bites or whatever. That's true. So shout out to thighs. Th- shout out to thigh stop. <laughs> <laughs> There's. <laughs> I didn't get through it. I did. I tried to. Right I just, up. I just, just said, shut up the thighs. <laughs> okay. Well, the text will come in here it's in a, a moment. Great way to start yeah. a Wednesday. The, the text will come in in a moment um, about shouting out to thighs. But Goodness anyway. Gracious. Shout out to Wingstop. Happy and, Wednesday. And happy Wednesday. Um, we found our new open sound. There we go. Okay. Anyway, uh, so it, we're smelling the Wingstop here in the studio. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line. Both those are open for you. Um, unnamed texter says this. What kind of show is this? You never know. You never know. And, and if we, or if uh, the first two and a half minutes of this are any indication? Any indication. Neither you, do we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Scott says, oh, there he goes again. <laughs> I apologize, but we're moving on. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, we're not reading that. We won't forget, but we, no. We will, yeah, we're not forgetting about that. Um, okay, anyway, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line. Both those are open for you guys. The entire show today, as well as the video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, 
Uh, you can also hit us up on our personal Twitters, Nick underscore Sainer and at Radio Rico AC. Got some good stuff for you. Fred, Fred Hoiberg talked on the radio last night. Um, I just saw this, actually, I, as I was uh, getting ready to, to intro the show. Something along the lines of, quote, we're going to completely change the way we go about offensive rebounding. We have guys who can go get the ball. Um, he also added that Nebraska fans would love, are going to love Alabama transfer Jawan Gary. Here's a stat for you, Rico. Ooh, I love stats. Go. Nebraska has not ranked higher than 299th in offensive rebounding percentage during the Fred Hoiberg era. That is not surprising. I, this, I mean this in a uh, friendly way. Um, when Fred Hoiberg says that they're going to completely change the way they go about offensive rebounding, they're going to try to get offensive rebounds. I, there we go. Because if you watch the games, they take a shot and everybody's got – nobody's staying down for the rebound. No. There might be one person. Well, but we, nobody's staying down for for an offensive rebound. It's just like, oh, we're going to shoot it, and if we miss, it's theirs. If we make it, then we make it. So it's like I, I understand it. Like you want to get back on defense, but at the same time, at least try for a second possession. Well, and it was – I mean, a lot of our conversations last season was – Derek Walker, you can't blame him for not getting the rebound when he's trying to fight three Big Ten dudes for, oh, yeah. for an he's offensive by board. He's by himself, exactly. Latman wasn't rebounding um, or wasn't even trying. Like They weren't down there to, trying to rebound. Um, he was trying to get back on defense and prevent a fast break. Exactly. But at the same time, you can prevent a fast break by getting an offensive rebound. I know you're not, you're or, not going to... Or making a shot. It's not like you're going to get Make 20 offensive rebounds unless you're playing against Nebraska last season. But <laughs> That's true. But at least attempt and... and, and try to get a second possession because that could change the entire tenor of a game. Well, if you get an offensive rebound, you kick it back out to whatever shooter just missed a shot. Maybe they hit it. Maybe it makes them feel better about themselves. Their confidence grows, and then they start hitting more shots. You, it's all about confidence. You have to remember that Nebraska was a team that was supposed to be lights-out shooters last year. Supposed to be lights-out shooters every year. I mean, let's be real. From what we've heard, they were supposed to be lights-out shooting last year. And Had and shooters all over. I mean, K-State Tominaga, C.J. Wiltshire actually played really well last year as a sixth man. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Webster shot the ball well for, at times, and and same with Bryce and, and Trey. When he was healthy, he was able to facilitate a little bit better. And Derek Walker had a great season. Now, are, are we saying that Nebraska's an NCAA tournament team this year? I think those expectations are, are far from what we're going to be talking about this next year. You never know. There you go, Mariko. That's the mentality to have. You never know. With nice job. This team, there you honestly. go. Honestly, they they could be a fantastic team. Am I? Am I? Are they my pick to win the Big Ten? No. Do I think they could make the tournament as a lower seed? I mean, anything is possible. They could turn their season around. I mean, everybody thinks football is going to turn their season from three wins to ten. Not everybody, but a lot of people think they're going to go from three wins to ten wins. What's stopping the basketball team from you know going? What was it? Seven, eight wins? Yeah. To I don't know, fourteen, fifteen. Beating a couple really good teams and, and having a high RPI and, and sneaking their way into the tournament somehow. So you're asking who who are Nebraska's kind of perimeter guys um, that might take the bulk of the shots. Fred Hoiberg said last night, Sam Griesel, Ramel Lloyd, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Bandumel, the SMU transfer, mm-hmm. uh, also said Koran McPherson had a very productive redshirt year. Look at Koran. So Q has been making some strides, according to Fred Hoiberg. And, and we're seeing this on Twitter. We're seeing pushback about Nebraska, you know, Fred Hoiberg's fired up about the transfers, everything like that, and people are saying, oh, yay, we're fired up again for the transfers. It seems like it's a yearly thing. 
at some point, it, it goes right back to the football comparison. What is Fred's, Fred, Coach Hoiberg supposed to say? Like, this year... Yeah, I guess you, we're going to suck again. Exactly, especially after a, one of the more disappointing years. You've had a couple staff changes with, with Matt Abdomasi no longer part of the staff, and Buzzy Carruthers taking a job at Missouri State, Doc, and Doc Sadler's no job, Doc Sadler's or position being eliminated off the staff. Um, you hire a, sta- a staff member in Adam Howard, who is more of a uh, defensive on, yeah, on the floor kind of coach rather than Matt Abdomasi, who is mainly a recruiter. And and so you, you're kind of going with a different approach, not trying to compare football and basketball again this year, but you're making wholesale changes, which when we talked to Jacob Padilla a couple weeks ago or even Jimmy Watkins back when Baylor Shireman made his decision with, to, to go to Creighton, when we're talking about these wholesale changes, that's kind of what Nebraska needed to do. Fred Hoiberg needed to make a lot of changes, whether that's the way they run their offense, whether that's the way or who he has on his staff, the personnel that's in the locker room. And he did that. He went out once again and got a high-profile transfer from North Dakota State who has NCAA tournament experience going up against Zion Williamson at Duke because Sam Griesel was in charge of guarding Zion at times when you when North Dakota State played Duke in the NCAA tournament. But he has a guy that has postseason experience, plays in conference tournaments. Yes, it's the Summit League, but also the most valuable transfer in all of college basketball played in the Summit League last year. And in Baylor Shireman, who now Baylor Shireman, with his addition, takes Creighton from a a top 10 team to a national championship contender. Yeah, he took his name out of the NBA draft. He did. So it's official that he's going to Creighton. So when we're talking about the offseason additions, I guess look at it the same as football, I suppose. As Fred Hoiberg's doing everything that he needed to do to save his job, because when the when the basketball season rolls around here in November or so, we're going to be saying extremely similar things as we are to the football season right now. Honestly, no this matter, is prove it mode. No matter how much you want to get away from basketball, men's basketball and football comparisons, it's it's inevitable. They both they both had you know troubling seasons last year they both had troubling seasons since they've been here they went and talked to the new ad and and had their contracts reworked Mm -hmm. uh in in many people's eyes and just about everybody's eyes both of them are in make it or break it seasons this year they both enter the transfer portal uh a decent amount of times during their tenures here at nebraska fred you know has made a living off of it in every place he's been in the in the collegiate rankings iowa state but um the the addition of transfer portal a, a massive transfer portal class for football and the continued addition of transfer portal additions for for basketball just make it even that more much more similar between men's basketball and football in in ways that are are just kind of kind of freaky where they're they're lined up perfectly with each other they both need to win and if they don't win many people are saying that their jobs are on the line no you're they're you're... both on the hot seat they're both high profile at the time high-profile coaches where if you don't take them, if you hire somebody else while they're still on the market, at least for Nebraska, you look dumb. Like, they were both wanted here at Nebraska. Exactly, and there's even that thought of if there's no Nebraska connection... He's not here. Does Nebraska get either one, Scott Frost or... Uh, The Fred Hoiberg one is very small. It is a small one. But it is there. And he, I mean, he does have family in Lincoln. He That's did, true. did have family before he got here. He has family in Lincoln. His dad was, or grand, grandpa was the coach. Great grandpa. Regular grandpa was the coach. Just regular, regular grandpa. Just regular not grandpa. Great. Just not, like, not, not, not unregular grandpa. Just straight up grandpa. Not great grandpa. Uh, was the coach when Nebraska beat Wilt Chamberlain in Kansas. Kansas, so. that's right. That's that's the connection with Nebraska that he has, and and 
we all know Scott Frost's connections. So yeah. if neither one of them have connections towards Nebraska, I, it would be hard to say either one of them would be here. Well, and, and I guess when you're talking about coaches and hiring coaches and whether or not they'd be at a certain place, there's always connections behind the scenes, I guess. A big part of it is Nebraska, when they were, lo- when they were looking for a, a basketball and or football coach, a big thing that always comes up is resources and facilities and fan support. And Nebraska is as good as almost anywhere in all three of those categories. Mm-hmm. And and Bill Moose, the athletic director at the time, made it very apparent or and very well known that he was going to accommodate his coaches with whatever they need. And Trev Alberts is kind of on the same lave, same lave, wave wavelength wavelength to or where time. to where uh, they. If the coach needs something, Trev is going to do everything in his power to give them all the resources that are necessary for them to do their job at the highest you know, capability, if that makes sense. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Vigan Hotline, the small, the small, Sarder Heyman text line. Um, I read small on the text line, and I, I, anyway, the Sarder Heyman text line, both those are open for you guys. Nebraska ball fan asks this. Do you guys think that Fred has to go 500, at least 500 this year to keep his job? You can't lose games. I honestly haven't put much thought into what the record needs to be or what the product needs to look like or what needs to be all all changed and how it needs to look. You talk about expectations when it comes to Nebraska men's basketball, and they're not necessarily super high. Like I remember going into last season and, and telling you, Rico, if Nebraska gets a bye of day one in the Big Ten tournament, they're good. Nebraska feels good about themselves They're in good. basketball. Nebraska fans are happy. You don't need to go and have fewer than five losses in a season to sell out Pinnacle Bank Arena. You could be a 500 team, and just how good the conference is from top to almost bottom, if Nebraska's playing Indiana, who at the time might be 500, and if Nebraska's 500, you're selling out PBA. You're getting, you're getting 12,000, 13,000 people to come to Pinnacle Bank Arena on a Wednesday night on a, at a 6.30 p.m. tip-off on Big Ten Network. Like, you're going to get that. So like, and that, that goes right back to the fan support and, and give credit to the fans. So does he need to go 500? I, I don't know if we can really put a number on it. I think it's more of what, what's it look like at the end of the season or throughout the season. Do the you guys blown up by 30 twice. Exactly. Now this year we're, we're looking, and Bryce McGowan's is tough because he left after one year. And it's almost, it's more Q McPherson, now Ramel Lloyd, the guys that won't leave after their first year or aren't necessarily projected to leave right now after their first year. They have a great year. It, it's, it, do those guys get better and put you in a good position for years to come? Wilhelm Breidenbach included in there. Keisei Tominaga as well, um, in, in addition to those guys. And, and the reason so, because if Nebraska can get a bye in day one of the Big Ten tournament this year, what does that mean for next year? Or do you actually see an evolution of a program from day one to day whatever of the end of the season? I mean, it's it's like we like we just said the the expectations for men's basketball are completely different from from men's football. If we want to yeah. keep those comparisons going, because you've had moderate success in the past, but you haven't had near the level of success where you know you're expecting this team to to be in the NCAA tournament year in and year out. Yes, you would you would like them to be in contention every single year as every school, every university, every fan base would like their team to be, but if they are 
a high seed in the NIT tournament, if they're, as you said, get exactly. a first-round buy in the conference tournament, if they're a couple games over 500, if they're right at 500 but they've been competitive in just about every game and they have an upset or two on their on their schedule, Nebraska ball fans will be happy. Nebraska ball fans will be, will be content with that kind of season. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Nebraska basketball fans. I'm just saying that the expectations are different. And even with Fred Hoiberg, you're not expecting to go into the NCAA tournament and make any type of crazy amount of noise. You would love to, for Nebraska to get to the NCAA tournament and win their first game with Fred Hoiberg and whatever mm-hmm. squad you have. But, again, being on the bubble, just missing out, and making the NIT, that would be considered a pretty successful season, especially after what you've seen the first three years. So the top six seeds in um, excuse me, the top four seed, yeah, four seeds get a two round bye in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, five seeds five and six get a one day or one round seed. So let's if Nebraska is the sixth team in the in the conference, you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six. Ohio State was twelve and eight in the conference. Uh, Michigan State was just below them at eleven and nine in the conference. Ohio State, a team you should have beat twice. Yeah, a team you beat once on the road and had them on the ropes the first time. So when when you're saying that, I mean, is eleven and nine really out of out of arm's length for or out of arm's uh, stretch for Nebraska? I, I wouldn't say so. And that Ohio State ha- team has potentially two first round picks in the NBA draft. Yeah, one for sure in Malachi Branham. Maybe a second one in E.J. Liddell. Exactly. I mean, the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, supposedly, in, in Malachi Branham. Whatever. And so, I mean, with all that in mind, that's where, if you're if you're Trev Alberts or whoever's in charge of deciding whether or not Scott, or not Scott Frost, Fred Hoiberg keeps his job. Comparison's too close. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's more of, is there evolution, and how is that set up? Speaking about Wilhelm Breidenbach, Fred Hoiberg said last night that, he is ahead of schedule on his rehab. And, yes. and now, exactly, I knew you'd be happy yes. about that, Rico. And so, yeah, within arm's reach, that's, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, Scott. But either way, that's why the evolution of the program is so important because, like Rico said, if you make an NIT this year, you look, you can look at your roster, and yes, Derek Walker, who Fred Hoiberg last night called the heart and soul of this team, it, yes, he's going to be he's going to be gone, However, Wilhelm Breidenbach should be ready to take uh, take charge. Ole Koyanets should still be here, yes. and however you feel about him. Blaze Keita, same story with him. Um, he might be a one-year guy. He might be a one-year Dep- guy. Again, that's a, that's a depending on how the year goes. Exactly. And, and, and a Ramel Lloyd, who knows what, what's going to happen with him, but he should still be here in year two. And Q McPherson, same story with him. The, there are pieces on the roster where then we talk about that camaraderie that's been built and, and evolved – and we can point back to a previous year and say it. Right now, you're looking back at last year, and we're looking more at individual pieces, saying, yeah, C.J. Wilcher coming off the bench was a really, really good player for Nebraska. Derek Walker down low, really, really good player for Nebraska. Now, can we, can we as Nebraska, you know, fight the injury bug, avoid the injury bug, and that and it hurting guys like Wilhelm Breidenbach, who we expect to be big parts of this thing going mm-hmm. forward. Can Ramel Lloyd facilitate the offense like we're expecting? Sam Grease will come in, make an immediate impact, and kind of stir, turn this thing in the right way. Can Blaze Key to be all of the number one JUCO center exactly. that he is projected to be? Exactly, and, and and with it, there is some excitement with a with number one Nate Lenzer on the staff, and number two Adam Howard now. 
who is more of, like I said earlier, on the floor kind of coach rather than off the floor mm-hmm. recruiting type of coach. And I'm then you have Fred Hoiberg, who still has the track record. Like Fred yes. Hoiberg, still his name still carries weight despite the failures at Nebraska. And he still knows what he's talking about, and he still has respect f- throughout the college and professional basketball worlds. I'm really interested to see how the offense takes shape for Nebraska basketball this season, considering that they have probably a true big man in Blaze Keita right. down low. I, I'm I'm hoping that Blaze and Derek Walker can be on the floor at the same time. You've mm-hmm. seen Derek has a little bit of touch from away from the rim. He's got a little bit of a from the elbow, shot. eighteen yeah. feet away. He's yeah, got a nice like little jumper like that, so he he'll be. A, He'll be able to allow Blazekita to get into the paint and 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 put in some work there. And as I said, he's he's you would think a true uh, big man. So Nebraska can dump it down low, let him go to work. Yeah. Are they going to not rely on that, but use that as more of a part of their game? Are they going to run through Derek Walker still a decent amount of the time? Are they going to be perimeter centric as they have been the first three years? I, I, I'm really interested in that, and I'm I'm interested in Adam Howard coming in and how the defense looks. Mm-hmm. If they, because he was like a matchup zone, is what yeah. he specialized in. Do they go in? Do they go into a zone more more often than they did before? Because you would see them go into a zone after a timeout to kind of try and slow down a team, um, and and it worked out really well. Will they stay in a zone for a longer amount of time? Will the defense get ratcheted up? And you, you're going to have two pretty good. You're going to have two really good defensive big men on the court, possibly if again if Derek and Blaze can be on the court at the same time. So I'm really interested to see that. The length is still going to be. Amazing for Nebraska. I mean, you've got Sam Griesel and Ramel Lloyd are, are both around over six four, so yeah. it'll be good. It'll be good. I, I'm really interested to see both sides. So once again, Adam Howard was named Nebraska's assistant on April fourth of this year. He came from just to kind of give listeners a refresher. Came to Nebraska from South Alabama. Now, obviously, you're, you're aware of of the different types of playing styles and the, the competition level at a place like South Alabama rather than Nebraska. But let me just read this for you. As Rico said, he was definitely a defensive-minded coach, first and foremost. In 2019 and 2020, the Jaguars posted the program's first 20-win season since 08 and 09. Now, I say 2019 and 2020 because that's the first year that Adam Howard was promoted to associate head coach for South Alabama. So that's why um, I bring that out. Then the following season... The Jaguars went 21-12 and again, reached the semifinals of the Basketball Classic, while the Jaguars' 21 wins are the most at the school since the 2007-2008 season. South Alabama ranked in the top 40 nationally in scoring defense, field goal percentage, and block shots per game. So that that's something that, if you're Fred Hoiberg and you're looking at Nebraska needs physicality, needs defense, and and a making of a good coach when we talk about Scott Frost or Fred Hoiberg is their willingness and ability to make changes, whether it's on on the bigger scale and from the fifty thousand foot view to where they're making changes in the off season or in game changes to where they're able to adapt and, and and once again make adjustments within the game from first half to second half, right? Um, because we've seen many times where Nebraska's been able to hold on or hang on to a team in the first half, and then come out flat in the second half, or start out flat, and in the second half catch fire, start to come back, and then they just don't have enough, don't have enough uh, of too much good gas. shooters, good shooters. I yeah. mean, that was that was really the the gist of it in previous years. Is in the in the Big Ten, you, you got to have size, you got to have physicality, and you got to be able to shoot the basketball. Um, and I, I know that sounds pretty generic, just to find success at basketball. 
Um, but but that's exactly that's what, what Nebraska's that's been lacking. That's what yeah, exactly. Nebraska all been three lacking. together. So a couple other things that I uh, kind of took away from Fred Hoiberg here. Once again, let me let me pull up uh, my notes. But it was basically that once again, Wilhelm Breidenbach ahead of schedule on his rehab. He called Trey McGowan's and Derek Walker the heart and soul of this team. So Trey McGowan's kind of. Moving on, it does hurt Nebraska, obviously, and Fred Hoiberg wasn't shy about that. He also added something along the lines. He talked about the guys that are having or, or chasing professional careers. Here, Here's what he said. Once again, Jimmy Watkins had this on Twitter. Fred Hoiberg says, Latman will have a long playing career in Australia. Trey McGowan's, quote, may have to take a different route, but Hoiberg believes he'll find a summer league or a training camp spot, and Bryce McGowan's has interest from every team in the NBA. Love it. So that's something that is kind of caught my eye. Bryce McGowan's, despite being on Nebraska, he still finds NBA mm-hmm. interest. And obviously part of that's the player and the body type and things like that. Um, but His workouts have been immaculate if you've seen any of the videos and, and seen any of the NBA scouts tweeting about him. They love him. Yeah. Well, and, and there was even – I'll find it when we were at during break. There was a uh, – executive from the Western Conference, obviously they leave him anonymous in these things, in these in these reports, mm-hmm. but that was a big fan of Bryce McGowan's and just said that basically the gist of it is he needs to just put on some weight. But he coming from Nebraska, if he, they said something along the lines of he played at Kansas or Duke or North Carolina, this guy would have a lot more interest. Um, so you have to also think down the road, maybe this puts Nebraska in a little bit better of a spot and Fred Hoiberg, once again, a sales pitch when we're talking about recruiting, if Fred Hoiberg needs another one, is say, hey, even when we went whatever their record was and had a long losing streak, we still got guys in the NBA. We still got guys overseas playing professionally. We still got Trey McGowan's a training camp spot mm-hmm. in the summer in the in the summer league. So it's like things like that. And have damn absolutely. near three players in the NBA and then no exactly. winning seasons. Exactly. So, you know, it, it's definitely attractive for potential recruits if they're not necessarily the high-level recruits, five stars that you're fighting Duke and Kansas for, but some of those guys that may be some hidden gems within the recruiting world that Fred Hoiberg may be able to develop into eventually professional players or guys that can get Nebraska turning into a winning program. All right, good stuff. I was not expecting to talk basketball for 28 minutes, but here we are. Uh, 402-464-5685. I'll read you guys the executive's statement on Bryce McGowan's coming up after the break. Then we'll kind of switch gears to football. And I still want to kind of talk uh, Major League managers because in Major League Baseball, win percentages out of managers are all around 50%. And, and that the- keeps keeps your job. So when you get either a guy that's way below that benchmark or way above it, it's kind of a dime a dozen. Or excuse me, it's not dime a dozen. It's kind of one in it's kind of a shot in the dark. There you go. Um, because it's kind of interesting to see. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back on the happy hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 937 the ticket and the ticketfm.com.